All right, okay. so we're here on Calling Out with Susan Pinsky. I have Kalise Simone on line. She's a regular on Calling Out. She's a New York-based psychic medium, a certified spiritual advisor with the Lisa Williams International School of Spiritual Development. And as mm-hmm. everybody knows, Lisa Williams is probably one of the best of the best. And if you're certified by Lisa Williams, you've basically proven yourself. She also is works with the Holistic Studies Institute of New York and also proved practitioner of, at the Edgar Case A.R.E. Center of New York. She's binged through the 11 episodes of Serial, as we all did during the Christmas break, and and we all find it, you know, a really interesting story. I, you know, had been requested by one of my um, Facebook followers, Janelle Brennan Tillman, who basically was like, you know, you should have, it'd be great to know what your psychics think about this. And so I, I just sort of put the word out, Kalise, to everybody and, and mm-hmm. whoever was game, I basically said, okay, let's do this. And I haven't spoken to you about what you've read. You just sounded really enthusiastic about it and thought, okay, this is really yeah. interesting. <clears throat> I, I guess it's it's one of those ones where, you know, when you first start, I, I started hearing about homicide and murders and things like that. And I thought, oh gosh, this is not, this is definitely not my favorite topic. You know, I, I tend to keep things like light and spiritual development and happy. And, you know, the, the murder mysteries are always um, something I think twice about before I dive in. But when I saw this one and I heard about the case, I was like, whoa, I have to, I have to hear this. And, you know, when I started listening to the podcast and getting involved, I, I was hooked straight away and I had so many opinions and so many theories and, um, you know, I just couldn't wait to get on the phone and discuss them, <laughs> to be honest. So when you hear, when you hear a podcast like this, can does stuff come to your head? Do you, do you, how do you tap into information? I mean, can you, can you somehow feel some kind of a spiritual realm around you or just you just get sort of a psychic feeling yeah it, it, it is like that I mean when when I'm listening to the podcast I have this you know and I think a lot of people do even if they're not psychic but I have this running voice in my head that that is like a second commentary while um, the, you know, while Koenig's talking, I've got in my head, you know, this other commentary saying, well, that sounds right, but that doesn't sound right. And that feels right, but that doesn't feel right. And what about this? And it was probably this. So, you know, I I try to take as many notes as I can while I'm listening, but um, when I disconnect from the podcast or when I pause it and go and do something, that's when all the information really floods in for me. Oh, so it sort of just it floods your head and you just can't stop thinking. I mean, most people are like that when they're listening to this podcast. I mean, we all kind of have all these ideas of what could or could not be. Does mm-hmm. that sound valid or invalid or are we, you know, am I making up these stories in my head? I mean, I made a bunch of stories up in my head, clearly, but um, we won't talk about that right now. But so what really... Um, what do you have to say? I mean, how, how, do, you, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I mean, I I kind of, I I feel that we probably have about 70% of the facts from what is presented in the case. I do feel there's a lot of stuff that we don't know, um, particularly to do with the amount of involvement that people have in the case. Um, Basically, to jump right in, someone like Jay... um, definitely is covering up the amount of involvement that he has. Um, you know, that, that to me 
makes a lot of sense based on the kind of person he is and based on the energy that I get with him. I, I, I don't feel his energy is malicious. I, I don't feel that, you know, he really, I, you know, is, is trying to like do something bad, but I just feel that he's covering up for himself because he's naturally quite paranoid. Um, I also don't think um, he's super aware of the reality of the situation. And I, I feel like he's sort of overprotective of himself. Um, but I, I just keep feeling that, that there's more that he did than he lets on. Um, and I feel that that's why his story keeps changing. Um, you know, but again, when I tune into his energy and I, I look at him as a person, as a standalone, I, I don't really feel <clears throat> like anything creepy about him. I don't really feel scared or anything like that. It's just kind of, you know, he got involved in something and got dragged into it. And it just kind of feels like there's more than he's letting on because he doesn't want to be ending up in jail as well. Um, I, overall, I mean, the hardest part about this is that every, every person involved seems to have smoked weed. So, um, you really, you know, you are going to get a lot of stories changing whether someone's telling the truth or not to the best of their ability. So that's when I have to sort of go in on a psychic level and say, what's the intention behind the story? You know, are they making a genuine mistake when they're telling something that's misinformation or is it, are they genuinely trying to be malicious here? And, and that's been the biggest thing, you know, a 17 year old brain is not fully developed. The, the, the frontal sections of the brain are, are still developing. You're smoking weed on top of that. You've got, you know, emotions and hormones. So there, you know, the memory is going to jump around a little bit. Um, plus, there are, plus there are all pot smokers too. As well. Right. That, I mean, that's basically the hardest part. If you've ever had a friend that smoked weed or spoken to anyone that smoked weed, you know that just in general, their personality is not consistent, let alone the stories they tell. So I don't think that really helps the case here. Um, but, you know, when I don't really know where to start here, but basically overall, when I tune in, um, I just get this feeling like there's, there are some things that we don't know. And I keep seeing a scene, um, clairvoyantly, which means I see it in my mind's eye of Hay standing in the woods, jumping out of a car, having an argument with this other person. And I do feel there's a male around, you know, I can't quite tell if it's Anan or if it's Jay, it feels like it's a younger male. I keep seeing a red jacket and either the inside of the jacket has flannel or one of the shirts has flannel on it. Um, because I keep seeing this pattern on this jacket and, um, the jacket feels like it's a red jacket and they're having this argument and she's like, why are we here? what are we doing here? You know, like she's pissed off, like she's clearly angry with the situation and she wants to get back to doing whatever she was doing. Um, and then I'm seeing what looks like her being strangled. Um, but again, this, this isn't happening in the car. And this is the main part where I have a difference to what everyone's saying. Cause I keep seeing it happening in the woods out of the car. Um, and, you know, whether they decided to take a shortcut that day or, you know, whether they just landed up there accidentally or there was a story told we have to go here, I'm not sure. But I keep seeing them in the woods and um, I, I hear things um, coming from and, and I'm, I don't want to claim that I connected to Hay's spirit, but psychically there was one meditation that I did where I heard a lot of information because I'm quite clear audience. Um, and I kept hearing her saying, they're pinching my throat, they're pinching my throat. So it was like this pinching feeling around her neck. Um, and that her body was in the car for several hours. 
So another consist another inconsistency with the story is they keep saying she died at two thirty six. Um, but I kind of feel that it happened a little later than that. And that would make a lot more sense with all the facts that are presented, such as, you know, Anand being at the library and, you know, had he been involved or, you know, that's one of the theories is that basically this all happened at a later time. Um, the other theory that was swelling around with me a lot was that perhaps Anand wasn't directly involved, and, you know, perhaps there was someone else that did this either separately or on his behalf. Um, overall, what I have to say about his involvement, like when I look at his picture, I see this the potential for the duality in his personality. I see that potential there with his energy. Um, I would wait, be wait, more did surprised. You say that, could you say that again? I, yeah, I see the potential for the duality in his personality. Okay. That he can come across being super, super charming, but then maybe have this other side, which is more passionate, more emotive, possibly a little darker. Um, you know, it's it's just the... It, it feels like the other side that is the public presentation is quite surface. It, I just find it very hard to latch onto that as being the full picture, especially when I, I look at his photo and, you know, I look at his energy, I see that there's something else there. And, you know, and that's not unusual. Pretty much everyone has their public side and then their personal side. Um, I would be more surprised overall if he was proven to be unconnected with Hayes murder than if he okay. was proven to be connected overall. Um, it, you know, as I said, whether or not he's asked someone to do this and to help with it or whether he's been involved directly himself, um, you know, I'm not being shown specifically what his involvement is, but I just keep feeling this energy that it's more likely that he was than that he wasn't. A lot of people believe that he he did do it and mm. and that, you know, it's just that this entire story was was basically never, it, there was no solving of the mystery. Now, the question is, uh, I mean, there are two parts. To, for him to be yeah. able to say, oh, well, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, maybe he didn't, but he was involved on some level. Uh, that that definitely ticked over in my mind, you know, like why is he he holding on to his innocence for so long? And, you know, that's a lot of energy to put into something if if you aren't involved in it. So that always sort of, you know, sits with me and makes me think. But the two parts that really stood out was that I would have expected more remorse and, you know, sort of more sadness at losing someone you love whether you're involved or not, just in general, like I know if, if I break up, even if it's like six months later, if something happens to them, I still care. I still want to know. And I just feel in, in relation, especially teenage relationships where it is very emotional and it's, you know, very hormony and, you know, you kind of jump in there really full force, your first love. Um, you really care about the person, even if it's 20 years later, you still want to know what they're up to and what they're doing. You never really disconnect from that. Um, and then the other thing that, that struck me was, okay, so say he's not involved, then why isn't he more angry at being set up by Jay? You know, why isn't there more like, I hate this guy, I want to kill this guy. And, you know, maybe he is just a really polite person, but overall I I keep feeling like it's more likely that there was an involvement than that there wasn't. Right. It didn't seem like he was saying, well, no, that's not true. This guy's a big fat liar. Yeah. And that would be the first thing that I would say if I was in that situation. Well, they also uh, say that that it, 
he he didn't he doesn't talk about it while he's in jail because he said no good could come to contact outside people or or talk about these things because it all could be used against him if he ever went to court again. So and also I personally I I always wondered if there was something between he and Stephanie. Um, he was really close friends with Stephanie, and mm-hmm. it was almost like they had stuff on each other that was in regards to her, or maybe. You know, I just feel if if there was something going on with Stephanie that oh you're implying that if if he had something with Stephanie that Jay would have gone and killed Hay and framed yeah, to get him on. to frame him and get him in jail and get him away from Stephanie but that was sort of my first instinct but that was you know that, I, just, I did think about that but then again it came back to that thing about that anger of being set up and then the remorse of losing someone you love you know unless right. even if he was a total player where he just really had no emotions for the women that he dated at all. I just feel that you would, you'd kind of want to know, you know, you'd so I kind wonder, of. I wonder who had a red jacket. <laughs> right, exactly. So that, that, when that jumped out, I was like, oh, I better write that down, the red jacket. And I kept hearing that in the background, this chanting, like, you're going to die, you're going to die, as if this person is saying this to Hay. Oh, so that's really? what I was hearing. Yeah, that's what I was hearing. But there was also this sense of calmness after she had passed, like, while. I was seeing this man strangle her. There was this sense of calmness in his energy, like like uh, emotionally detached, this emotionally detached calmness while this was going down. So not um, necessarily odd nine. I, I don't know. I really don't know. It, it It's one of those things where it was a young male, um, but – then so then we're well, saying that it's not you know other two two other theories so say it's a serial killer right say it's a serial killer that's running around doing this and you know they right at the end of episode 12 she mentioned something about how they're doing further testing the only part in that which really bothered me was that if it is a serial killer why does jay have so many details on the story right. Well, maybe they knew the guy. You know, I was wondering because they they said that near the site where they found her buried, they, Mm. well, but you said that she was in the car for a while. So when she was killed in the woods, it wasn't, there wasn't a, it was, she wasn't buried immediately. So there's, maybe there was something to the story where he was, he had to go find his friend to bury the body. And that's kind of one of the the things that I feel was what happened was that she definitely died and then they had the body in the car for a while and then it was buried later on. And part of me feels that Adnan might not have even been there when the body was buried and that it might have even been Jay that buried it completely um, because I – one of the things that kept going around in my mind is that say it was Adnan or whoever it was, they came to Jay with the body and, you know, Adnan kept going on about how it was Ramadan and he had to be back at the mosque, um, you know, to see his parents to see him there and he was seen back at the mosque. One of the possibilities might be that the body was given to Jay to dispose of, um, you know, and then they met up afterwards and did what they had to do. Um, but again, you know, I really, this is all speculation. So I'm, just giving different views. Now, but what if it, Adnan wasn't involved at all and there was somebody else and they just ended on him? Exactly. So that's that's definitely a possibility. And then with that is, you know, so say it was someone that Jay decided to get hold of and, you know, and say, can you go and get rid of this girl for me? That's that's when it comes back to, okay, wouldn't the emotional response be a little different? 
Um, and so then I started thinking like, who else could it be? And I looked into Mr. S and, you know, I, I psychometrized his personality. He's really not that smart. Um, I, I, I'm going to be quite, quite blunt here. Um, the, flasher. He's the flasher. He's a bit of a loony. Okay. He's, he's a bit nuts. Um, I don't feel he's covering for anyone. I don't feel he was analyzing how he should tell the cops. They said, oh, maybe his child found it and he had to cover up for them. No, I don't think he's that smart. I just don't think he is. Um, Socially awkward, um, possibly a little bit careless. I I think Mr. S is the kind of person who genuinely believes he has nothing to hide. Like he's, he's just very authentic in that way. And I felt that mainly just again with his energy but also the fact that he went and reported his his clothes missing after he was charged with flashing someone a police officer you know like I just feel he's not all there so for him to go out and plan a murder and you know premeditate all this stuff it just does not sit with me like energetically that just doesn't fit and that, you said that sense of calm, it was like not emotional. Like if would that be like something an ex-boyfriend would feel? I mean, to me, that's the kind of thing where you have to have the ability to switch off your emotions. Right. Um, you know, it, it's, well, it's almost like a psychopath, I guess, you know, it, it is one of the characteristics that sort of like, if it's a psychopath or a narcissist or whatever, someone who has the intelligence to, to control their own emotions to that degree where they could go and be so polarized in the way they're presenting themselves. Um, you know, that's kind of what it felt like. It was that sort of creepy stillness of, of like, you know, after the storm. And it, it was just, it, it, to be honest, as soon as I connected to this spirit, I only connected for possibly like less than five seconds because the energy that came with it creeped me out so much that I just disconnected. And I felt a little irresponsible doing that because I know how much we need this information, but it was just too much for me. Oh well, you know, it just—it's it, all for entertainment purposes. We we don't have any any real, you know, stake in this. But it is really yeah. See how you can you can feel these emotions and and see these uh, these experiences in a in a spiritual way. It's interesting. It's really interesting. It's, it definitely gives it another dimension, and it's it's definitely something that has helped in past cases that I've worked on. And um, you know, it, it it does help. There's a reason why the police use psychics and mediums in these cases because it it definitely gives it another dimension. Right, it opens up different doors that we sometimes we just don't see. Mm. And you know, I'm I'm going to be. Um, showing, giving this information. I'm not going to tell any of the other clairvoyants what you've said and, and see if we have any correlations in the, in the, um, insights by both, um, Jennifer Schaefer and, and Colby. And then also, um, we're going to look at it from a a legal perspective also, but I really Mm. appreciate this and I and Simone, you've you've been on a couple of my podcasts in the past. You're on Sam Shocker's podcast and um, yeah. this summer. And I'm surprised you've been on more often. We'll have to have you on more. But, um, <laughs> we, uh, you can no, call I, me anytime. It's fine. Yeah, and I really appreciate you calling in. And you can find Simone at Kalisa. I mean, you can. I'm sorry. You can find no, it's, Kalise it's at kalisimone.com, and also she. Um, is in the New York area, so anybody who's into uh, clairvoyant readings or has any kind of need to get some spiritual guidance, she is a well-known clairvoyant psychic medium. 
and thank you so much for calling in and check her out You're on welcome. my podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Susan. The Sam Shocker podcast, and you also called in for another one. You were on the... Yeah, Jen uh, with Jen Kravitz. I did a reading for her as well. That was around Jenna October. Kravitz. And she is quite good. Quite good. <laughs> and we we wish you... Oh, I have to clear up one last thing. Um, okay. In the last podcast I did, Colby mentioned that I was from the UK, that I was British. I'm not. Oh, I'm completely no, 100% Australian. <laughs> Except for the fact that I've lived in America for five years, so I'm a New Yorker Australian. She's young and she's she's brilliant, and we we look forward to seeing you when you're in the LA area. We'd love to have you come in, and and awesome. we'll you know we'll see where this goes. We'll see where this, this how this evolves in the. Yeah, I really look forward to hearing what the other girls have to say on it. It's very okay, interesting. Well, thank you for calling in. Thanks, Susan. Bye. You have a great day.